The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. First guests this morning, guests even, are raising awareness of wheelchair accessibility around the South East and beyond. Leona Tuck and Michael Hennessy Cullen set up their Instagram page. The struggle is wheel to shine a light on what it's like to be a wheelchair user using amenities and businesses around the South East. They joined me in the studio this morning to tell me more. You're both very welcome. Hi, thanks Yorna. for having us. Thanks a million for having us. Yeah. No hassle. Um, before we start, and maybe I'll have to cut this bit out, but how was getting into the studios here for you? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, great, great question to start off with. It actually was, because um, there is one uh, accessible from the car park. Couldn't come directly into the front door. Okay. You had to come up around and back in. So you went so. around and in another gate, did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so there so was that a was curb a... there with no addition. So obviously... Look, well used to it, but okay. it's yeah. oversight. So what did you say? It's a curb with no... Dishing. Dishing. So the, so dishing it's the is, lip is... Yeah. You're having so to when like... you have a curb and then suddenly it just goes down to tarmac level. Okay. So that obviously yeah. gives you access, level access. Okay. And then the when you came in here into the building? Uh, no, that was everything Perfect. was fine there, yeah. No yeah, the, the disability barrier was really wide, which yeah. is what we need. We need the width to open okay. the car doors. Um, funny observation though, we did notice the EV chargers um, in a row at the back of us. And um, it's something that we're actually going to start highlighting on our page is about um, wheelchair users who can drive like Michael and how in the future we would like to buy an electric car Oh yes, but we need to see uh, a rollout of wheelchair accessible EV chargers Okay so a charger so, at a uh, yeah, spot where you park A yeah. wide spot okay. and the charger not on a high curb to reach the plugs Okay so. Wow, it's a mindful. So, yeah, you'll see it now when you go out. Mm-hmm. You'll see yeah. it. So now I get so angry when I see people parking in disability spots. So if I get angry, I can only imagine how the two of you feel about it. I really want to put up a little poster on the wall saying, you know, you're a bit of a git. You yeah. really are. Look, well used to that as well. But yeah, sometimes you have to bite your tongue. But it's nice to let them know, like, you know, are you, yeah, going to be like sure you're you're in that spot? Like, but look. It, it is something that uh, is being abused and it's been highlighted by the guards. Probably a lot more could be done to highlight the, yeah. the um, abuse of it. It's yeah. definitely something a book bear of ours, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've started to carry a marker and a notepad in my bag because sometimes I see it happen without Michael. And if, if there's no permit on the dash, mm. that's how you know. Mm. And um, I don't understand in this day and age, uh, blue badge permits have barcodes on them. Okay. And I just wish there'd be some way, if we can put rockets into space, how can we not design a scan or barcode system for parking in these designated areas? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, it's a problem since time immemorial, but I hope there's, I just hope they can try and maybe even up the fine a bit mm. or penalty points, something, mm. you know. Because you'd wonder, wouldn't you, even like I, I've never parked in a disability parking spot, yeah. but I probably have parked in other spots that I shouldn't have. So I, I minorly get the mindset, but I don't get the mindset at all. Yeah. Is it that we'll only be here a few minutes? Most or? of the time, mm. yeah. Delivery yeah. vans even are mm. only here a few minutes. And like we're understanding, we know delivery lads they need loading bays mm. and they need them near the shops but um, it's not our problem that you can't find that but you make it our problem yeah. when you park there Yeah, yeah. the bays are strategically par- uh, put in place like to be close to amenities so it's going to ruin someone's day like mm. if you park there so it's important to mm. be mindful of that mm. and also like even if you park um, you know you kind of hover park over them. So maybe you park with the bonnet a little bit on an access aisle, which is diagonal paintings, you know, for the door space. That you might as well write off a bay. So some people think I'm only parking the end rear of it. So okay. the blue paint is there. So I haven't really yeah. parked on it. But you have. Okay. You know, so. But you know what? 
maybe they didn't know then and they know now listening yeah, to this. Exactly, so yeah, exactly. That might exactly. be a good a good thing to point out. <laughs> yeah, thanks for asking. Um, Michael, you've been a wheelchair user for what, about 15 years uh, now, is it? Close to 17 now. Okay. Actually, only recently, uh, August was when I had the accident, so 17 years. Okay, and so, what happened with the accident? Um, So, yeah, I was in a single vehicle accident. I was coming um, around a bend that was just tired and chipped, so the road was freshly done, so the back of the car skid out. And went into a field that was lower than the road. So, yeah, lucky. I'm I'm lucky to be here, tell you the truth, because I went out through the windscreen of the car. So wow. I, I left the vehicle. So, yeah. And that was lucky. in County Wexford? That was in Wexford, yeah. Okay. In your home county. Yeah. And what were your injuries that you need to so, use a wheelchair? Yeah, I suffered a fracture um, of T10, which is the um, lower level of my spine. Okay. So, um, actually, it's, it, that was the only injury I had. So, miraculously, like, I didn't have any other broken bones. Mm-hmm. I had a bruise on my back, so... They even thought, ah, maybe it's just a bit of shock that sometimes happens. But no, it was damage done to the spinal cord. So, uh, yeah. An irreversible damage. Yeah, yeah, okay. unfortunately, yeah. And did it take a long time to come to terms with the fact that you were going um, to be a permanent wheelchair yeah, user? Yeah, look, like I said, I think we were talking about GA just before I was big into the sports beforehand. So, mm. yes, there was definitely a, a, a period there where, you know, you have to get used to different settings. And yeah, it's... A, it's I think it's known as one of the most um, serious injuries a, a human body can suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it took a while to get used. But look, uh, fairness, I, I got back into sports and all again. And, you know, at the end of the day, look, you, you can either stay in the corner or you get on with life. And mm-hmm. there, there's no other choice you have to get on with. Like, there's no. And life is adaptable and you've had to adapt. But have you seen that the world is adaptable to the way that you're living in general then, like we were just yeah. talking about? Oh, 100%, because even in the last five, ten, five years even, um, the, the modern technologies have moved on so much. I, I There's an adaption uh, that I can get now that attaches to my wheelchair. Okay. It's a motorised wheel. Oh, brilliant. So it turns my, my wheelchair into a trike. And uh, so it's an electric front wheel and that makes up Leon like go hiking most places that, you know, wow. I would never thought would be possible. Hi, so how, hiking yeah. you can go. Hiking yeah. and biking. <laughs> hiking and biking. Yeah. Wow. So basically it's like attaches to my front of my chair. So my everyday chair and it's an attachment that goes on front chair it um front wheel powered and it brings me up hills and to all terrains and to a certain extent obviously there's some place but most places we, we made it to the Cummeras wow. yeah, yeah. so what did you do did you do Cumption on or what um, did you do where that? did we go we, we, we couldn't reach the waterfall okay exactly. yeah, that'd be a tough one that's quite but a incline it, we're not okay. far off it mm. and for us it wasn't about like I think waterfalls are beautiful from a distance anyway but it's the mountains just the mm. whole atmosphere up there with the sheep so yeah we try and test the limits and see how far we can yeah. <laughs> we can hike around up to the top of Fort Mountain which um, wouldn't have been a hope of doing yeah Anne's Valley Walk though shout out to Dunhill uh-huh. Um, and amazing trail ah, yes one of our Gorgeous. best I'd say yeah, yeah. lovely along there and is that the flatness is lovely for you then or what way is um, it well it does just it was lovely surrounds but okay. um, there's viewing areas out in the wetlands yeah the terrain was good the gates were the right gates okay oh of course yeah, yeah there's gates in between yeah. Yeah. yeah it wasn't a, a kind of a sterile trail you know yeah. it was immersed with nature but not invasive of nature okay, okay. and still really accessible so we need yeah. to think about that when it comes to people who want to keep up, you know, going well, out and that's seeing the it. world. We always say it, like technology is moving on, so mm. these places have to move on with that. Mm. You know, a few years ago, they're probably like 
there's no point in making gateways accessible sure who's done but now they, they are because people can get out there yeah. and get into that environment and use it mm. yeah I guess it's important for people to know though that there's hidden costs with it so a lot of this equipment these types of bikes and clip on motors they're very expensive mm. so we're, I guess we're privileged in a sense to be able to mm. afford them and you bought them yourselves yeah. Yeah. yeah so they'd be classified as medical equipment and obviously medical equipment always has that little bit extra cost uh-huh. so you know going forward I think um you know, it's some kind of funding uh, mechanism for things because it's such a um, a gateway for people to get out there and enjoy. Yeah, life, like. they need mm-hmm. to be more mainstreamed. You know, I mm-hmm. can go into Halfords and get an e-bike under the cycle to work scheme or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas it's seen as kind of a specialised equipment for four wheelchair users, which is unfair, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just an extra bit of power to get out and about in society. And speaking of biking, have you done the Greenway then as well in Moorsford? Yes, Bird? yes, okay. we've done that a few times as well, yeah. And, and how is that? the Limerick Greenway as well. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, okay. ah, brilliant, yeah. We've, we've mainly started Kilmac Thomas and, and go down to Dunkirvan. Lovely. Um, but yes. And again, when I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking about the terrain, but you ha- there's so much more things that you have to yeah. think about, which is what you're oh, trying yeah. to get across on your Instagram account yes, as well. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I suppose there's a chicane um, barriers there that stagger the, the oh, okay. people to slow down and they're yes. fine yeah, no, and we, we need like I know it's cycling tourism but our cars are actually vital for us to actually get on the greenway mm-hmm. so again we need uh, the appropriate um, disability parking bays okay. you know with the wide door zone area um, and also, just like everyone else, you want to stop for a coffee on the Greenway and get something or use the toilet or go in Stungarvan and find a wheelchair accessible pub, get a bit of chowder and use the bathrooms there and head back. So it's all connected. Like it's not just about tarmacking a railway track and going, great, look at us, we've got wheels. It's everything in between that yeah. and all the pit stops. OK, and so good stuff for the Wexford Greenway, which is being created at the moment as yeah, well. So. New Ross Warford, yeah, yeah, hopefully I think. Some good knowledge. Next year, I think so. OK, another Let's one to try yeah, out. Another one to try, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it's on our doorstep. So. And then how's eating out, going out, all that? How's that? Oh, we love to eat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I was just going to say, no one always gets in there about uh, going to places to eat. Have you some favourite places that are really good for wheelchair accessibility? <laughs> oh. Actually, yeah, yeah. One of our new favourites now in Warford is a Kyoto the oh, Japanese yes. restaurant Fab, yeah yeah, amazing service wheelchair accessible all that brilliant and uh, on the Wexford side a brand new authentic Mexican <gasps> restaurant I know what you're going to say CDMX. Wexford Town yes Wexford yes. Town, yeah. yes I have we to visit there. that one <laughs> so and any restaurant well, yeah any in. restaurant yeah. that is wheelchair accessible you know from start to finish we harp on about it okay. because we are consumers just like mm-hmm. everyone else and we will blow a load of money on food mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. but we all and how's the Instagram account going? Is there much traction for it? Yeah, it's really after taking off, isn't it? Like it's yeah, a year and a half. It's yeah. I mean, we didn't know what way it would pan out. Mm. You know, and we're probably not the first to highlight accessibility using social media. But um, yeah, we've we've always had really good feedback. Um, you know, from from the in- inbox messages, mm. from a lot of young parents maybe, and. And giving us feedback as well. And yeah, like it's great. We, I, I, th- I guess we aim for Instagram just to be colourful pictures of positive and negative experiences of inclusive tourism around Ireland. And then our Twitter is more maybe constructive criticism about, about things okay. we find going around. But um, yeah, we're, we do see it grow. Um, but it's always a help, I suppose, when you can see in pictures yes. like what works and what yeah. is it accessible. So, uh-huh. so for a fellow wheelchair user, They'll say, oh, we'll go there, sure. It is accessible. Mm. Someone's been there that show. Mm. So it is, it's handy that way. And before yeah. I let you go, just one more thing is mm. the beaches. And there has been a rollout of beach wheelchairs. But I also was on a beach in Wexford in Ballamoney, my own beach, where they had rolled out kind of a carpet situation for someone yes. who was a wheelchair user as a one-off, unfortunately. Mm. What would you 
would you like to see on the beaches? Yeah, definitely more of that anyway. Mm. Um, probably a lot more of that matting to bring you down closer to the water. So the mat would work because you obviously yeah, have a wheelchair. Exactly. So you don't need necessarily need the actual beach wheelchairs, would you, if um, you had a mat? Well, if you have a mat, no, okay. because obviously the beach wheelchairs, the big fat wide wheels, yeah. and they are designed to not sink into the sand. So okay. sand is an absolute nightmare for wheelchairs. Mm. You're just sinking it, you can't go anywhere. So the mats, yeah, if there's more, like in Spain and, and places like that where there's big tourists, industry yeah. on beaches like they're rolled out yeah, yeah like you I, don't necessarily know what they're for actually yeah, now that yeah, you say yeah, it they do true, have them actually. on most yeah. beaches I yeah. think as well like uh, boardwalks are brilliant as well um, okay they don't really interact with the shoreline mm. but for just getting maybe a, a beach walk in mm. boardwalks are the way to do it because the beach mats are limited they're roughly around 50 metres in length and it's more so about just literally accessing the beach and looking out okay um, so I mean it's still great but, um, you know, if you want to go for a walk on the beach with the dog, boardwalks are brilliant, like mm. in Yall in Cork. Um, but no, the beach mats are great. But, you know, they have been established throughout Europe for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be great to see more of them and also how they're laid out. I mean, a lot of people would like to, as Mick was saying, like to wheel up to the shore and have mm-hmm. a look and be more interactive with it. Um, beach wheelchairs, we have actually yet to try them out and suss them out, but I've been told two different sides of the coin, so you do have to book them in advance. They might only be available at peak summer times. Of course, yeah. And also, I was also told that they actually are not really designed to go into the seawater okay. because it can rust out the uh, yeah. undercarriage, yeah. which confused me because I thought the whole point was that you can push maybe into the water. Mm. So maybe you can for maybe a metre and that's it. But um, look, we are seeing a rollout of improvements on our beaches. But for being an island and having loads of beaches, we definitely need to see more done. Yeah, of course. Are you a bit of a dream team? Like, do you both have different, you know, when you're planning days out, do you have different... Oh, we'd have different you know, ideas. Different roles and idea. different, oh, different yeah. arguments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where to go, where not to go. I study geography, so I'm into maps and looking oh, up okay. new trails and Mick's the I driver. The okay. I'm a nervous driver. Okay. So Mick is like, motorways, no problem, let's go. So we do want to do the full Copper Coast uh, oh, at some yeah, stage. Gorgeous. So yeah, I guess you make a good team in that sense. Plus we're also married, so we have to be a good team, well, I you guess. Do. <laughs> you do. You have to. That's what they say at the start <laughs> yeah. at the wedding. So yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's lovely to have you in this morning. I hope that you're getting to travel around lots of the southeast and some of those hidden gems around Carlo and places yeah. like that as well. There's so yeah. much here in the southeast and hopefully lots of accessibility if you want to check out Leona and Michael's Instagram account it's the struggle is wheel on Instagram and they're on Twitter as well with the same handle on there too isn't that right yes brilliant lads thanks a million for joining me this morning The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 it's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102 and 03 and we're only a couple of weeks into the new school year although it feels like we've been doing this for months and as we know for some kids and teenagers heading back to school and settling into September and beyond can be an anxious time. Susie Lodola is a therapist from the Irish Association of Counselling and Psychotherapy and she works directly with adolescents and teenagers and joins me this morning to give some advice to students and parents during this September school return. And you're very welcome to the Sunday Grill, Susie. Yes, good morning. Thank you, Ola. Is this a very busy time for you? It is usually once the children are going back to school and have to deal with uh, new situations. Um, I see an increase in calls to my practice. Yeah, for sure. And is there a particular age, not even age group, because you obviously deal um, mostly with adolescents. But is there a particular age where you see anxiety could set in with people? 
Um, look, like you said, it could it could set in from a very young age, and I do see it younger and younger. But generally speaking, with in, related to school, it's children going from, um, you know, transitioning, so sort of uh, from from primary school into secondary school, and uh, also in sixth year, fifth and sixth year, you can see as well okay. that the anxiety and the expectations that they have of themselves, you know, um, starting to be difficult for them to man- manage anxiety. And could that be, I I think we all have an idea of what it is to have anxiety, but I I suppose for Mm. someone who doesn't have an anxious child, or is it that, you know, you might always have a child who's anxious or could it just suddenly become an anxiety for for a child who's usually quite, you know, confident in themselves? Yeah, it can happen. Uh, So... With anxiety, look who you are today. So the child that is presenting to us in the clinic is, you know, everyone is 50% it's genetics and 50% is the environment that shapes you. So um, when the parents are already anxious, it is more likely than the child is also anxious from a young age. And um, so those children might be more sensitive to changing of environments and, um, you know, being afraid of what is going to happen. So anxiety is fear-based. But you also see children, it's, it's less likely, though, that children who've been not anxious in the past to all of a sudden be so anxious that they can't go to school. Okay. That is that is rare enough now. Okay. So mm-hmm. it would be usually a child who is a bit anxious from an early age. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah. it can grow and grow. And yeah. what about the child who's anxious but not anxious enough to not go to school? Like what kind of coping mechanisms could you recommend for those sort of people who are, you know, they're worried about maybe a a, a new group of friends or not knowing anyone in the school or exams? Exactly. Yeah. And that's usually the case, isn't it? What they're anxious about is the the unknown and the uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is to help a child. So we know from psychology how we function as human beings is our thoughts determine how we feel, how we behave and how our body feels. So children going to school, they would have thoughts like you just said, what if I can't find my classroom? What if no one talks to me? What if people think I look stupid? What if I don't fit in? And so on. So these are fear and anxiety inducing thoughts. So they are often <clears throat> labeled as catastrophizing or mind reading. And these type of thoughts can be challenged. And this is where parents can help a child. So it's it's noticing, first of all, asking the child, well, what is going through your mind rather than going, oh, go on, you'll be grand, you know, go okay. on, you'll be fine, oh, you so fit in, you'll be fine. That. Yeah. <laughs> most, cha- <laughs> most parents do it, but it's not, you know, it's with the best intentions, but really it's not addressing the underlying issue. So, uh, and well, most kids would be grand, you know, <laughs> but there's a fifth of children from the Growing Up in Ireland study, we know that about a fifth of children finding it difficult. You know, they, they have really heightened anxiety okay. and they do need help. So in that case, I'd say, ask them what is going through their mind. What are their fears? Is it that they're afraid to find the classroom? Are they afraid to fit in? What exactly is it? And depending on what that is, say, for example, they're afraid to find the classroom. Is there a time you can go in with them at a time when there are no kids in school and have them walk around, maybe meet the teacher and to show them again where the classrooms are, the lockers are, you know, and so on, where the canteen is. Uh, if it's a child that says, oh, I, I won't make friends, I'm afraid no one will like me. 
think about has the child shown some in in a previous time that they did make friends in a similar situation for example have they been to a summer camp have they been to the gale talked in the past had similar fears that they won't fit in or make friends and they succeeded in making friends and actually really enjoyed it so remind them of those situations so you know so you're trying to build the confidence rather than brushing it off are we guilty as adults of kind of working from our own experience and being a bit, you know, disparaging or throwaway. I'm, I'm thinking of my own little girl who's only six and has started to get the school bus and she keeps mm-hmm. asking me, what if I miss the bus? And I, all mm-hmm. I say is, you're not going to miss the bus because she's just <laughs> not going to miss the bus. It's not possible. Yeah. But she obviously yeah. needs an explanation rather than me yeah. from my own experience of getting the school mm-hmm. bus knowing she won't miss it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to yeah. be less definite in my answer of that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, as parents, parents are busy, you know, you're trying to get through the morning and you don't may not have time to answer right there and then why they're not going to miss the bus. But there might be a time in the afternoon, um, you know, when when things are settled down, when after the homework, say, well, what are you worried about? Why do you think you're going to miss the bus? And, you know, how can we make sure you don't miss the bus? Or can I give her another example of what would happen if she did miss the bus, how she would get to school then? Absolutely. Yeah. It's remember that anxiety is fear-based so she's afraid to miss the bus and then what is going to happen if she misses the bus she thinks well everyone maybe the teacher will give out or maybe I can't get back to school she might have Mm. all maybe irrational thoughts that she can't tell you yet because you haven't really asked her you know yeah Yeah. so yeah so So addressing those can help anxiety is fear-based that's interesting Mm -hmm. and anxiety is also the fear of the unknown yeah so yeah are there, you know, what also helps with that? Does meditation help with that staying in the moment? You know, I always think that when someone's anxious or if I'm anxious, I also think, but I'm OK right now. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm here right no, that's now. That's really good, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. That's so good. It's been, and you can start it also with young children is to do a little bit of mindfulness with them. Just a one or two minutes a day. That's all it is required. And like I said, anxiety is fear based, but also anxiety is future oriented. So if you're thinking about what's going to happen in the future, that could lead to anxiety. But if you're in the present moment, like I said, I'm here right now. I'm OK. And learning that uh, is so important, especially then as they're getting older and exams are coming up and everything else and they're thinking of future outcomes what if I don't get my points and you know they're getting really really worked up about it but if they're learning okay I can come back right now what's happening right now what am I doing now you know and 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 sort of focus on what's happening for them in the moment rather Mm. than what's going to happen in the future yeah some really interesting points there and things that I think you know both teenagers school kids and us ourselves adults who are Mm. years into jobs could take away as well Mm. um Susie you have a website don't you if people want to get some more information from you sure sure it's uh susielodolacounseling.com and that's spelled s-u-s-i-l-o-d-o-l-a counseling.com great can i give my number is it uh, i don't know i won't take your number because people don't okay. write down numbers sure. do you want to say that your number and everything is up there do you want to say that yeah okay my, my yeah my phone number is on the website and uh, there's also a contact form on the website you can fill out and i will be in touch with you if you want to Brilliant. chat and you're still doing the old zoom videos and everything susie or the yeah, thing of do. the past Not at all, especially with adults. I see a lot of adults as well for various um, 
you know, issues, psychological mm. help, uh, the need. And Zoom is, is very handy, to be honest with you. But I don't do it as much with younger people. Okay. With teenagers, I prefer to see them face to face. OK, good stuff. Well, that is yeah. Susie Ladola. It's SusieLadolaCounseling.com if you want to get more information. And she is a therapist from the Irish Association for Counseling and Psychotherapy. And Susie, thank you so much for all that information thank you so this much. morning. Thanks. Thanks, Orla. Take care. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Beat 102-103 on this Sunday morning. And today is the last day of the Harvest Festival in Waterford City. It's the 13th annual Harvest Festival in Waterford City. It's been taking place since Friday. And joining me this morning is Shona Dubois. She's one of the organisers of the Harvest Festival. And she's going to tell us what to watch out for today. You're very welcome. Thanks, Orla. Well, I remember when I moved down to Waterford first was the first Harvest Festival. It's hard to believe. It's a while ago now. Wow. That is nuts. I and know. it kind of got bigger and bigger as time went on, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really evolved over the years. And um, I think this year, th- like the last couple of years with COVID, it, it still went ahead, but it was just in a very different way. So we're just really excited now that we're able to get it back out on the street this year. So a bit like in everything lots of in. stuff, like the electric picnics and the All Together Now, back after three yeah. years, really, is it? Yeah, and huge appetite. Everybody everybody else that I'm speaking to in events, um, they're just telling me that the crowds are greater and bigger than they've ever seen. And, you know, just so happy to be out and about and experiencing events again because they're a great crack. So what's the objective of a harvest food festival? What are you trying to 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 show people about food in the southeast? Yeah, so like this time of year is um typically it's it is it is the time of harvest. It's when we're taking in the last of the great crops from the summer. We're kind of coming to the end of all those great big gluts that people who grow some of their own food to be familiar with. Um, and that's the kind of very important grounded in the season's um, basis for the festival. And in Waterford then, because we have such an array of amazing producers, um, chefs, restaurateurs, hospitality businesses, we really have everything here. And it's just that celebration of putting, kind of shining a light on it a little bit and let pe- letting people come out and taste them and try them and support them. Mm, and Waterford really does have a rich heritage. Oh, we're blessed here, yeah. Heritage. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. And, um, and an example of that is that the Harvest Festival has been organised by GIY, which has really gone from strength to strength since they started here in yeah. Waterford. Yeah, and funnily enough, GIY is just 14 years old. So us and... Um, us and Harvest have been kind of having this coexistence and growth over the last, over a decade. And GOI would have always had, um, we would have always been involved with Harvest in the years gone by, running our own events as part of it, supported by the council. Uh, and I've always had a real, I suppose, love of it and, and kind of synergy with it. So we were thrilled this year then when we spoke to the council and um, agreed that we'd be the delivery partner. So it allows us to really bring what we're all about into the heart of a festival that we were we were passionate about anyway. Mm-hmm. So we've added in some lovely elements around food growing, some kind of thought leadership stuff, uh, you know, to g- give some greater awareness to kind of topical food issues um, and just get people to reconnect back to food a little bit. OK, lovely. Of course, Waterford, you know, I, I think every county, almost every county has a food. I'm from Wexford. It's all about the strawberries in yeah. Wexford. Big chat about the Waterford blah, but there's so much else going on in Waterford when it comes to food, isn't there? There's a huge amount and it's just going from strength to strength. There's some amazing new food businesses in Waterford. Um, I'm sure many, many listeners might have been down to the Old Couch, which is just a phenomenal, a phenomenal new innovation that's Mm. come into the city. Um, I won't go naming all the other amazing restaurants that are out there, but there is such a pride in our our food heritage Mm -hmm. here in Waterford. Um, and like the Waterford Blah, everybody knows the Waterford Blah, but we have so much else besides as amazing cheese, meat, 
vegetables, you know, there really is everything, everything in Waterford. OK, let's head to the festival, which is on. Where Where is it placed in the city if people want to travel to it today? Yeah, so we've kept it all right smack bang in the middle of the city. And we the market itself will stretch from John Roberts Square up to Michael Street and around into Arundel Square. So there's kind of that, that circle, that loop. It'll be full of traders. And then we have uh, the Food Done Right talk tent, which is where we're having our kind of thought-provoking panel discussions of the day and they're all free to attend. We have a kitchen, the Taste Waterford kitchen stage, um, thankfully sponsored by the lovely Waterford LEO. And that's where we're going to have amazing Waterford chefs doing their demos over the course of the two days. There's a great lineup. Um, all the details are on our website. And then we have a music stage. So Trevor from Wama, another lovely local man, has helped us with some amazing programming for that. So we really just wanted to create this atmosphere of celebration and have a nice bit of food and have a wander around. Yeah, and very walkable, isn't very it? Very walkable, yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. What are you most proud of doing this year in the Harvest Festival? So my own my own favourite bit that we've added in this year is something that we're calling uh, the plant stand. And it's down in John Roberts Square. It's right in the heart of it. And basically we're creating a space where we want we want to hopefully inspire some people to uh, go home and try some of their own food growing um, and so we're giving away thousands of free plants and seeds over the course of the weekend from the plant stand and we've created this kind of really cool installation that we're hoping will impress people when they come down into the into the square and then the, they'll go home with a plant or a packet of seeds and okay. just be inspired to try it themselves and have that connection back to food. Okay, so that's at Arundel Square, isn't so it? it? That's in John Roberts Square. Sorry, in John Roberts Square. Anything else you're looking forward to today? If you were to head in, what, where would you be heading in the morning time around now? So I think just if, especially for families, there's tons to do with families. It's all about getting back to nature. We're going to be doing seed sowing, making bug hotels. There's a lovely little bug bingo scavenger hunt. We have some live shows with Mirani Kovon, who's our co-writer of our children's book, the GIY's Know It Almanac. Just take it all in, have some nice food, relax and enjoy the music and just get out and support Waterford. Lovely. Thanks so much for coming in, Shona. I know you're very busy this weekend for the Waterford Harvest Festival. I'm going to head in and I'm not going to do what I always do. Do you know what I always do? What? Eat the exact same food. Yeah, no, no you have what, to try something new. What is wrong with me? It's yeah. always a burger I go for. I need to try something completely Loads different. Loads of options for And lots of traders weekend. from Waterford themselves as well. Is yeah, it? most of our traders are kind of within 100 miles of Waterford. Okay. So we, and are there people from restaurants then who we, come and don't, are trading for the day? No, this is they're all food traders and we have okay. some craft and we have some produce traders Brilliant. as well so good mix Lovely and we've seen so many pop-up restaurants and everything over the pandemic so yeah. it's great to see so much food around especially yeah. here in the southeast. If people want to head to your website what is it? It's harvest.giy.ie and obviously our social channels will be mad busy all weekend so we'll be updating there as we go as well. Brilliant so that's Instagram, Instagram Twitter. Twitter and Facebook Thanks yep. a million for coming in this Thanks, morning. Thanks luck today. Thank you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103 festival to look forward to today uh, we talked about Waterford's Harvest Festival in the last hour now we're heading to Kilkenny and Ross Naman has returned to the city with really exciting things happening for cyclists of all abilities today and lots of stages that have been happening over the last few days as well Declan Quigley is the PRO at Ross Naman and he's going to chat to us about those stages and then we're going to talk to Elaine Cahill from Cycling Ireland about what's happening today but first let's chat to Declan you're very welcome to the Sunday Grill Declan Thanks very much, Jordan. Fair play. Can you explain what Rosnamon is uh, for people who don't know it? Uh, Rosnamon is the biggest bike race in Ireland. Uh, in in very simple terms, it's a five-day international stage race for women. It's running. Uh, this is its sixteenth event. It's running since two thousand and six in various parts of Ireland, and it's been based uh, in and around Kilkenny 
Uh, this is the sixth edition that we've had in, in and around Kilkenny. Okay. Um, yeah, five days, six stages in total. It's um, Tour de France-style road racing, if you understand that system. It's stage racing where they have a, a big bike race every day. And we've got stages that finish at the top of a mountain. We've got circuit races. We've got solo races against the watch. And uh, we've got an international contingent of of riders uh, totaling 110 starters at the beginning of the week at any rate. 22 teams uh, of five riders and uh, they've come from all over the world, from Asia, from the United States, America, from the United Kingdom, uh, mainland Europe, and of course, all the very best Irish riders who are based abroad and indeed based on the home scene. So professional cyclists, all of them? Lots of pro bike riders, but lots of uh, top level weekend warriors, people with jobs uh, other other than cycling. So elite cyclists. It's, okay. it's an elite sporting event, yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, Kilkenny as a terrain, what's it like for people who are out there and and, and very much elite sports people? It's um, it's everything you need it to be. It's extremely hard and it's extremely beautiful. It's uh, you can find any amount of flat roads, but also delightfully, if you like that kind of thing, there are lots and lots of really tough hills as well up mm-hmm. uh, up out of Woodstock. Uh, you know, I, throughout the county, there are little ripples of road that uh, that provide exactly the sort of okay. challenge that the riders. And has there want. been one particular one? Do you think is there anything out there a very heartbreaking hill? I think Woodstock is a real is a real tester, coming as it did on the second day and right at the end of, of what was a really demanding stage okay. in the Roar and Kilpana. So yeah, is that coming into Inishtig then? There's quite the hill. That's, that, that's the one, yeah. Inishtig, mm. absolutely gorgeous part of the world, isn't it? And uh, yeah, hardly a time to look at it while you're trying to winch yourself up that hill. <laughs> so people are on the verges, as you'd expect, of these sort of cycling races and taking in uh, these cyclists as they go through Kilkenny then. Isn't it great? Like you, you can just come to the end of your uh, of your garden and just look out at the fence and see an international sporting event with professional bike riders, world championship competitors, Olympians, uh, just rushing past. You've got the colour and the pageantry and the noise and the excitement, and then you've got the cavalcade of cars behind it, and it just it makes for a little bit of a circus coming past the doorstep, and uh, and then they are gone all of a sudden. Yeah, imagine, wow. So lots of different stages, as you said, and lots of different almost sizes of competitions as well, is it? Yeah, everything from 100-kilometre road races to uh, the shortest stage of the week is the two-and-a-half-kilometre time trial okay. on the last day in the morning. Um, then we've got the circuit race in the afternoon at half-past one on Sunday afternoon. That's that's uh, that's the culmination. That's the finale. And actually, the fastest stage of the week is the big bunch okay. circuit race where they come round up to 20, to, uh, 20 laps in total. Okay, and um, if people wanted to head to that today at half-one, that's is that in Kilkenny City itself then? Kilkenny City, uh, half past one, and always a great occasion, right in front of Kilkenny Castle, uh, racing up the parade at the conclusion, and then we'll be able to award the final magenta jersey, uh, and all the finishers get uh, a medal. It's not like one for everyone in the audience to have won this medal means you've you've managed to endure just to be able to be fit enough to take part in this event. It's not like it's not like saying, well, I'll I'll just join up or I'll sign up. It's not like you have to be picked on teams. You have to be at a level. So anyone who gets and manages to finish what's a pretty tough week has, has achieved something exceptional. Wow, what a feat that's been happening in Kilkenny and finishes today, as you said, at half one uh, in Kilkenny City. If you want to check it out, um, you can. There's a website, isn't there, if people want to check out um, yeah, some of the Ross. Okay, so that is rossnamon.com. Now, as you said, it is for the elite people but uh, and the elite sports people, but there is something quite exciting happening today as well for cyclists of all abilities. And Elaine Cahill, 
Cahill is from Cycling Ireland and she joins me to tell us a little bit about this. This is a real interesting thing that you're doing, Elaine. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, so it's first of its kind, uh, it's Fela Rosnaman. So it's a festival to coincide really with the final day of um, Rosnaman. Um, there's lots of activities happening from 10 a.m. So um, people will have the opportunity to uh, get a free bike check. Um, there'll be an obstacle course and coaches available for um people who may be unable to cycle and they can learn to cycle or maybe learn how to go through obstacle courses. Um, What's really exciting today is there's two opportunities for people to ride the Criterium circuit on closed roads. So right before the um, riders get on and and race for their final stage, um, the road is closed for everybody to, first of all, do a slow road. So that's starting um, around 11 a.m. And that's just an opportunity for any bike, any person just to go at their own pace around the crit route. Um, And they can do it as many times as they like until 12 o'clock. And then from between 12 and 1, there's the opportunity then for those who uh, maybe haven't raced before and maybe want to understand what racing a crit looks like. So there'll be coaches on hand to teach people how to navigate the turns and how to ride within a bunch race. Okay. Um, so, and all that's going to be done on closed roads, which is really exciting. It starts at the parade. So every all the activities are happening on parade. And as well as, um, you know, there's also activities for people who may not be into cycling. And there's some drumming workshops. There's an art workshop um as well so and we have um St Patrick's brass band as well so tell me about the bikes can I do I need a racer to do this route if I want to be timed or can I bring any bike at all nope you can bring any bike at all so okay. there's no racing at all with the slow roll you can turn up in any bike we do say to make sure it's roadworthy um but there is going to be mechanics on hand that offer a free bike check. So if you're unsure how to check your bike, um, there'll be mechanics there to go through that with you and make sure that your your bike is safe to do the route. OK, good stuff. And how long is the route? So it's two and a half K. OK, so not too bad um, if you haven't been cycling. Many, yeah, and, and they can do it as many times as they like um, within the hours. So, um yeah, it's really exciting. Lovely stuff. Hopefully you'll have uh, lots of people who are bitten by the cycling bug from trying that route today in Kilkenny City. If you want to get more details on Ross Naman, today is the last day, but there is so much going on. It is rossnaman.com and of course that is R-A-S-N-A-M-B-A-N.com and Elaine and Declan, thank you so much for joining me. I know you're very busy. Thanks so much for joining me this morning. Here's Ola. Thank you. Thank you for having us. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Beat 102-103 on a Sunday morning in September. It is the Sunday Grill and myself and my bestie are reunited. Ah, That's kind of cute. No, not you. That's a, uh, Outside, my uh, best friend. Fair enough. Oh, it is our bride. <laughs> <laughs> I got really sad there. <laughs> We're both back from our very exotic travels. I spent a week in Portugal. Where were you? Venice. Venice. Now, I saw some really interesting stuff on your social media. So you met an Italian on the plane. I did, yes. He was going, or she. He, Leonardo. Leonardo. He was heading to Carlo to learn English. And you gave him a list of things that he should do whilst in Carlo. Yeah. Carlo people, listen up. Yeah, this was... was 
everything that I could think no of. No dolmens to speak of, you know. He's 16, to be fair. No trips to the foundry. Yeah. Yeah. Also 16, I want to... Okay. Well, I suppose, yeah. Okay, yeah. There are such <laughs> things as teenage discos. Oh, true. Try garlic sauce with pizza just once. That was a negotiation. I suggested it to him and you should have seen the look on his face when he told me <laughs> he, he's, he literally he's like if I do I can't tell my family like genuinely but did you explain it's the crusts it's the crusts you want him oh, to do wanted, oh no all of it oh no no, I, no. I was over I was over in like, when I was over in Venice we got pizza a good bit because it was one near where the screenings okay, were and did you ask for and garlic sauce no I didn't ask for it I knew I would have been thrown out of Italy but <laughs> it would have just been so good oh, yeah. with the pizza maybe you should bring oh next time know, next time I'm going to bring it over yeah. of garlic Sure, just like a load yeah. of different hundred milliliters yeah. for each, oh, yeah, each, each piece. Yeah, go to Penny's, obviously. Yeah, yeah uh, get a spice bag, which is chips and chicken, yeah. or a four-in-one from a Chinese restaurant. It's getting the Irish delicacies, you see. Watch out for the fountain. What's that? So the fountain in Carlo. Ah, that's where okay. all the madness happens. Okay, um, get a chicken fillet roll from Centra. Yeah, and my favorite one is because I totally agree with it yeah. is to get a taco chip. I might even just do that today. So. <laughs> and was he up for all of these? The he was. He, well, he seemed. He seemed pretty up. For it. I don't know if he's going to follow through with any of it now. But uh, yeah, no. I look lovely old fella. To be fair. To well, me. Leonardo, if you are listening today, I hope you're enjoying your time in Carlo and that you have at least had a taco cheese and chips. Oh no! I, the what the minimum bare minimum I want is to have the garlic sauce with the pizza. Oh, the garlic sauce the pizza. The, you know what you missed out on as well? Sausage and batter, or a battered sausage, as people like to call them. But yeah, I call them sausage. a sausage and batter. Yeah, me confused there. I don't know. You should have said that as well. That's a real Irish thing. A battered sauce. I didn't I think, think he that. would. I suppose bulk. black pudding and stuff as well would be kind of. Yeah, but uh, as you said, you know, you plane. didn't want to get too cultural. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, will we talk movies? Sure. Why not? And I was in the car yesterday listening to the trailer, and I got very excited about this movie, and um, mostly because Saoirse Ronan is speaking in her own accent, yeah. which is kind of unusual. I love that. Ronan. That was like, like I. One of the things once it started, I was like, that's. That's an Irish series you're on. Yeah. And I got really excited about that, I'm not going to lie. So this movie is called See How They Run. It's set in 1950s London, um, where plans for a movie version of a smash hit play come to an abrupt halt after an important member of the crew is murdered. When a world-weary inspector, I presume that's Sam Rockwell, is it? It is. And an eager rookie constable, that is Saoirse Ronan, take on the case and they find themselves thrown into a puzzling whodunit. Um, I thought this was part two of Knives Out, actually, when I oh, heard really? this first, because it has that kind of a Agatha Christie kind of bent to it, doesn't so it, in it, a way? It is, like, since Knives Out, there's been so many, like, murder mysteries. Mm. It's, like, literally brought the whole Partly genre back murder again. mysteries. But yeah. in general, like, the, like, before 2017, before Knives Out, I couldn't tell you a murder mystery like yeah. that came out for yeah. years like you know? yeah. and he just brought it back and now it's like this one it's kind of you know like a Wes Anderson type movie mm. it feels like a mix between like Wes Anderson and like Agatha and, Christie yeah so Wes Anderson meets Poirot almost. yeah essentially okay let's have a listen to it it is called See How They Run let's have a listen and then Brian will tell us all how much longer do you intend to hold us all hostage or is that the idea? Gather all the suspects and interrogate each of us in turn until the mystery's solved. Marvin Cochranar's overrated playwright. Celebrated playwright. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I can't read my own handwriting. There was an incident. I'll kill you. <gasps> it's as good as a confession. It's not jumps to conclusions, constable. What do we have here? <laughs> Working late, huh? He killed Kopernik to hush up the affair. Case closed. I'm doing it again, aren't you, sir? Jumping to conclusions. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. 
You've never heard of Richard Attenborough. A real-life detective. I understand that you came to blows the night in question. It was me, Inspector. I arrest you for the murder of Leo no, Cochran. No, no. There you go. That is see how they run. And there is like there's so much going on there. You've never you don't know who Richard Attenborough is. I yeah. want to know about that. And um, she's always jumping to conclusions. I just like the idea of it. Saoirse Ronan, Sam Rockwell, Harris Dickinson, Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, Charlie Cooper from possibly my favourite comedy on BBC with his sister, Daisy May Cooper. And I cannot think what it's called. Uh, it's kind of a reality style. Is it This Country? This Country. Yeah, Love it. it. Have you direct- seen it? It's the same director same director the thing, that's okay the thing. Um, tell us about it so it, it in, in the plainest sense it's like you know one of those like movies where it's like there's the grizzled old um, like inspector let's say and then there's the young rookie yeah it's just, and they pair together good cop kind of bad cop okay. kind of thing and they pair them together and they solve a case it's this but it's a murder mystery and it's set in the 1950s London okay so instead of being like a like it's yeah it's just it's it's just a fun murder mystery movie. Do you mean? And you're trying yeah. to figure out what's happening. You you kept sending like which way, and I I I didn't get it. I didn't figure it out before it happened. Okay. So that's so it, that's an added bonus. That is an added that's bonus. Quite fun anyway. So yeah, I'm, like it's it's one of those things, that especially with like murder mystery movies, you can't really relay much of the story because every part of the story is a clue. Okay. So well, can you tell us who dies in it? It's it's yeah they say it there so it's Adrian Brody's character. Okay, uh, and what Leo. part does he play in the play? It, it says crew, but is he an actor? I presume. So he so there is a play, and they want to adapt it into a movie, and he's okay. the director of the movie. Ah, okay. And then it's there's like issues with the movie being made, and like like there's a lot of animosity going around between all the cast and the crew, mm-hmm. and he's kind of in the center of it all. So it's one of those classics. It's like oh you think oh who this is obvious this person killed him, and it's like. No, no, there's like 10 people that it could be. And then okay. you're like, I, I don't know <laughs> what it is. But there is, there is a fun little piece because in the play, in the movie, they, they're like, okay, you can't reveal who it is. And then at the end of the movie, they say, don't, like now that you've seen the movie, don't reveal who it is. So it's like, it's one of those fun things that like... Oh, they're kind of telling the audience, yeah, as in you yeah, and me. Okay. They turn to the camera, like Sam Rockwell turns to the camera and he's like, don't turn, don't tell the audience who it was. Okay, and uh, Sam Rockwell is uh, an English accent in this, has he? He has kind of an American accent. I think okay. he's over from America, but he's he's just one of those fellas that I watch him in anything. He's just. I'm he's, surprised to see here that he's 53. I thought he was so much younger than he, that. He's he's just always picking up weird roles, mm. and you kind of ha- like it's just you're excited to see what happens because he's not always likable, but you always like him if that makes sense. Yeah, like, like he's been in things you will know, uh, like he's in things like The Law and Order and the TV series The Equalizer. But then, um, movie wise, he was in The Green Mile, wasn't he? He was, but he's also in Three Billboards. He was fantastic oh, yes, in that. Of course he was. He won yeah. the Oscar for that. Yeah. Seven Psychopaths, Moon as well. He was in like he's been in. He was in Jojo Rabbit. He was fantastic in Jojo Rabbit, mm. and he was in. He was George W. Bush, Bush in in Vice as well. Like, yeah. And he, he was all. He's always great in things. Yeah, he is. He but is. He, he's always this like unlikable but likable character. Actually. And I really like Saoirse Ronan. And as I said at the start, it's a long time since I've heard her act with her Irish weird Carlo slash Dublin hybrid accent which yeah. is so lovely to hear I think yeah it's 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 re- like it's weird to just hear an Irish accent in and a no movie, explanation to it is there an explanation as to why she has an Irish accent I in think, the movie I think it's just she's Irish yeah, okay. <laughs> which would 
would kind of make the yeah, most that sense. Make sense. <laughs> that would make sense. But why is she over in the UK as a detective? We don't uh, know. No. no? I, no okay, no. we will be suspended in that. I'm going to go see this. I know I say this at least once a month and never go, but I'm yeah. going to make it my business to see this because I am. I know this is a murder mystery, but it seems fun, and I don't want any more. Oh, it is, I don't want to watch fun. Misery. So no, will it, I enjoy this? It's like a comedy mystery movie. Like okay, good stuff. Let's black pudding it. So I'll give it like an eight out of ten. Okay, lovely. Why are you taking two points away? I don't know. I just I, like it's just one of like I think it's just because I've seen so many murder mysteries movies yeah. lately. Like the bodies, bodies, bodies is is it's coming out in a few weeks. But I saw it when I was in Canada, uh-huh. and uh, like it's it's just like since Knives Out, it seems to be the thing to make. Mm. So it's like. I don't know, it's, it's, it's starting to get a small bit re- repetitive. So when you say you saw bodies, 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 has it got the same, like, you know, there's plenty ca- of murder mysteries out there, but is it that it, kind of slapsticky kind of... It's not, it's, it's, it is kind of a comedy murder okay. mystery. Well, like, in a different way, but, okay. like, it's it's still, it's a kind of a comedy, more right. serial killer type thing. Okay. But it's, it's like, you never know, like, you, you well, it's, it's just... You go in and it's like, okay, so it's going to be one of these group of people. Do you mean, like, there's only so many twists you can do because if they do a really out there twist, Mm -hmm. then it's like, well, then it's kind of suspending disbelief kind Mm. of thing. So I think since Knives Out, like, Knives Out is set the benchmark for it. But then it's like the things like the the Poirot movies, like the uh, Death on the Nile and stuff, is like, okay, that they work out earlier this year as well. So this Mm. is like maybe the third or fourth murder mystery Mm -hmm. that this movie this year. This is what happens. It is what happens, you know. Yeah. But it is it is great fun though. You know, it's definitely a movie that you could get definitely go back and watch again. Brilliant. I'm gonna so. go see it. Um maybe tonight. You never know if I don't get <laughs> too settled into the sofa. Uh it is called See How They Run, Eight Black Puddings out of ten. Brian, of course, as I said, is just back from Venice, but he wasn't just doing anything in Venice. He was at for the second time in a row, isn't it? Yeah, second time. At the film Venice becoming Film a, Festival. Becoming a cultured person. You are so cultured, telling Italians to eat uh, spice bags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like think about it, yeah. um, but of course the whole thing, and this really annoys me. Um, I don't know what you know. There haven't been great reviews for the Harry Styles Florence Poo Poo or Poo Pew Pew <laughs> Pew. Yeah. Don't worry, darling. Movie, uh, you know there's not t- lots of talk about Harry Styles' um, accent in it. But I'm, I really got sick of the spitting story, you know. Oh, the whole I'm so sick of it. But this is the, this is the thing that I've been telling my friends and stuff. It's like the whole drama surrounding the movie is Ridiculous. actually is more entertaining than the movie itself. Yes, so. but also so unfair. Like I, you know, uh, you know, Olivia Munn, the director, going out with Harry Styles hasn't helped in the first place when it comes to tabloid no. fodder. But you know, let's just go see it and, and work out whether There's, we like it or not. There ourselves. was better movies at the film. Oh yes, yeah, so tell me. So you saw the whale, which we'll have to talk about. The really. the whale has has like oh. I think Brendan Fraser could win Best Actor for that. That is phenomenal. Even to see Brendan Fraser with tears in his eyes getting a standing ovation was a phenomenal thing to for me to see because he really was going to be the next big thing. What was the really big movie that he was the in? The Mummy. The Mummy. And then it all just kind of... Yeah, there was some there was something, but like he's always... See, he in the... Oh, the movie, it, it, you'll cry. I cried like okay. six times in it. Okay. But it's, it's, it's one of those movies where even when he's not the best person... He, you just want you just root for him because it's just like he's this energy of this this nicest person you've ever met. Like, okay, in the uh, movie, in the movie, okay. yeah. Uh it's it's honestly All phenomenal. Right. When like, is that out in Ireland? I have no idea. Okay, good research there. <laughs> I, it's it's, it's one of those things. It could be it could be December. It could be. It's probably going to come out before the award season. So I'd say 
somewhere between now and February. Okay, I'm really so going to look keep your to keep that. your evenings open. Yeah, and uh, ninth of December it's saying here. Uh, officially oh slated for a wider release on Friday, the 9th of December. Watch do out the for festival that. Circuit. And but in the meantime, see how they run is out now. Eight black puddings out of ten. Brian, thanks a million for coming in. No bother at all. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.